What's going on guys? Welcome back to another episode of Coffee in Van Chats. If you haven't already, please make sure you hit that subscribe button and leave us a review. It really helps us out a lot. On this week's episode, we chat with Jake Wells. Jake Wells has been a professional mountain biker, professional cyclocross rider, and now he's doing adventure racing, single speed cyclocross, and pretty much anything in the dirt and having fun. On top of that, Jake runs his own coaching business, and so in this episode, we chat about what it's like being an athlete as well as being a coach during these kind of times. So please, sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode, but first, let's hear a quick message from our sponsors. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Coffee and Van Chats. I'm sitting here with Jake Wells. Um, Jake has this crazy background in cyclocross, crazy background in gravel, and now is going on to doing some DKXL excursions, doing some backpack excursions. And yeah, I I came across this video with Shimano and I kind of fell in love with what he kind of had to say. And yeah, I just kind of wanted to get to know Jake more, let you guys, guys get to know Jake more. And yeah, man. So tell us a little bit about where you got started and how you kind of found the bike. Uh, let's see. Well, um, yeah, thanks for having me on, man. This is a, a great opportunity. I'm, I'm always excited to, to chat with people about, oh, sweet. Thanks, man. um, yeah, about my history, um, with endurance sport, but, um, essentially my background was in running and, you know, uh, growing up in Arkansas, um, at the university of Arkansas, there's, uh, they have a, a great track and cross country program. Um, so, you know, for, for me, cycling was not really in the picture early on. It wasn't really something that was popular in the early nineties in Arkansas. So, um, uh, but I, I did find endurance, you know, cross country and, and running. Um, and as I, so I went to college as a, on a, uh, cross country scholarship in Southwest Missouri. And then as I transitioned out of college and, uh, into the rest of my life, I, I got into mountain biking and moved to the mountains and um, just fell in love with mountain biking. And, yeah. um, you know, then that transitioned quickly into racing mountain bikes and then got into, uh, you know, for that, that competitiveness and then went through the ranks uh, pretty quickly up to, you know, pro, semi-pro and then, or sorry, expert pro and, and semi-pro. Um, and then, so that was back whenever, you know, like Mountain States Cup here in Colorado was really hot and heavy. Yeah, you know, like it was, it was one of the biggest and, and most well-funded uh, series in the, in the country. And, yeah. um, and you could do, you could make a, a decent living on racing on the weekends by just doing the Mountain States Cup series. And then if you sprinkled in some Norbas here and there, you could, um, you could, you know, at least um, cover your costs to get to the races and, and make a little bit of cash, hopefully, um, on the weekend. Uh, and then that stuff started really starting to dry up, you know, Norba stuff started to dry up and then, um, and really to be competitive at that elite level, you know, so I, I was, um, a national champion, uh, in the expert category in 2005, uh, out in Mammoth. Um, and so then moved to semi-pro and then, uh, raced semi-pro for a season and then raced, moved to the professional ranks. And then, you know, to be really competitive at that level, I mean, you, you really need to be training, you know, five, six hours a day. And, you know, then you're, you're kind of going from weekend to weekend, um, racing. So, um, and at that same time, you know, I was, I had got married in 2004 and, um, we were pregnant in 2007. So it was like right at that same transition of, all right, I'm, I'm at this point. I'm, I'm, I've got the talent to be competitive at the, the pointy end of the, of the sport, but I've also got a family to support, you know? Yeah. So, um, so I, I had started racing cyclocross in the fall as just something to do, you know, something to carry fitness summer fitness into the fall and just kind of, you know, to continue that racing season a little longer. Um, and so for me, it, it turned into something that was like, Oh, okay. I can, I can actually just ride my bike a lot and race locally all summer 
and have good fitness and then race cross and, and be competitive without having to put in, you know, those big, uh, endurance blocks, those big six hour training days, you know? Yeah. Um, so, so you were straight up racing year round pretty much, pretty much, man. I mean, you know, here in Colorado, you know, your, um, your spring road season starts in like April essentially. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I would start racing road in April and race, you know, road racing kind of April and May and then get into mountain bike season and then, uh, and then really ramp up for the fall. You know, that's, that's where my focus shifted to was really focusing on that like September through January block of, of being, you know, as fit as I could be for, for cross season. Yeah. Um, so I did that for quite a few years. I um, raced professionally for the stands no tubes team. Um, stepped back from that uh, that kind of elite level in 2016. I think was my last season to race at race the elite like national championships. Um, and you know, similar to you, I, I went through some injuries and and stuff that kind of um, you know set me back a little bit. You know, collarbone stuff and. Um, that classic collarbone, man. We have two know, of them, right? man. They're pesky. They're pesky. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's it's such a bad design. Yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah, especially with the way we fall. It's like the best way to fall is on that bone. Right. Uh, yeah. When I broke my roll. second, when I broke my second collarbone, I I asked the doctors like, "Am I doing something wrong?" Like I thought you're yeah. supposed to like, you know, tuck and roll, and he's like, "No, you're doing it right, man." That's yeah. just, it just it, is what it if, is. Yeah, it only takes I think like seven pounds of pressure to break the collarbone in that that twisting motion, um, you know, when you hit your shoulder and, and roll, um, and you know, it's, it's just, it's kind of almost designed to break, you yeah. know? So, um, so yeah, you know, I had some setbacks, um, but I really felt like I was able to maximize the, the last few years of my professional career. Um, and then, you know, with, with my relationships with, some of my uh, sponsors and partners that I, I've been working with over the years. Um, it was an easy transition to, to gravel, you know, like the, as far as equipment goes, you know, and that was my idea for a long time was like, all right, you have, how do we get more people involved in cyclocross? Yeah. And you're know, like explaining to people that you can get a cyclocross bike and you can do all these other things with it. It doesn't have to just be racing. Um, but you know, that is the difference. It's like you can get a mountain bike and you can race, or you can just go ride mountain bikes with your friends, you know, and yeah. you can get a gravel bike or a road bike and you can just, you can race in those disciplines or you can just go, you know, ride with your bros. But, um, you don't typically just like get a cross bike and, and then start just dismounting go, and running up. Yeah. And stuff. yeah. You just to go cyclocrossing <laughs> on the weekends, you know, yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. You're, you're typically racing if you're going to, yeah. if you're going to get into cross, you're going to get into a cross race. So, um, I don't know. I feel like that's always been a little bit of a limiter for, um, for cross, unfortunately, because it, it is such a, a beautiful sport. Um, but, and now it's kind of shifted to where like, Oh, all these people are getting gravel bikes. The momentum's completely on the other side. And then I'm now I'm convincing them like, Hey, take your gravel bike and do some cross racing or do some, let's come yeah. out to cross practice on Wednesday night and, and just kind of work on some barrier stuff. And, um, you know, so I happened to be at that, that crossroads of, of like transitioning from um, racing elite cross and getting into the gravel scene that was really blowing up, you know? Um, and I had done some of those races, like uh, the crusher and the tusher, was a, a great race that I felt like, you know, it, timing wise, it was mid July and, you know, it was a choose your, your own weapon, you know, like, what do you think is going to be the best bike for you to put together for this event? And yeah. there was no real, you know, right bike, you know, there was no like off the shelf bike for it at the time. Um, you know, cause you could get away with riding a mountain bike, but you're going to pay a penalty on some of the sections. Um, so that was always kind of fun for me to like piece together that, equipment element of it um you know so and i could do those kind of races in the summer and then still take a little break and then build for cross season but some of the races you know like dk you know 200 mile race in in you know late may early june is a little tough 
coming from Colorado to be like fit and ready for a 200 mile race. For sure. And if you're, if your main goal and main focus is 45 minutes or an hour, like all out, like cross effort, then how do you justify a 200 mile, you know, like if oh, you're riding your bike for 11 hours yeah. versus a one hour, how's that going to help you get ready for a one hour race? Yeah. Um, hindsight, I think it actually does help. You know, I think there were some, there's some um, like VO2 benefits of training and racing some of those longer um, endurance races. But, um, but when I started to, when I stepped back from racing, um, you know, quote unquote professionally at the elite level, um, it, it really gave me uh, some permission to say yes to some of these other things that I've been kind of putting off or saying no to for so many years. Yeah. Um, and just saying, yeah, why not? You know, there's nothing to prevent me from, from going and doing this race. So I might as well jump in there. And, um, and I found that I really enjoyed that, not only that scene, that gravel scene, but also just the training, you know, like going and doing big, long training rides, you know, and, um, you know, with, it was different than what it was whenever I was training for cross country, you know, uh, to professional cross country races. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think because I'm in a different place, like my daughter's 13 now, you know, so, um, I can, I have a little bit more flexibility with my scheduling, you know, like she's, she doesn't need me to be there for, um, you know, she can be on her own for four or five hours at a time, you know, it's yeah. not like, um, she needs me to make sure that she's not, you know, Turn the stove on without me being. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, so I can I can schedule myself where I can go and do some of those bigger, longer rides now. Where well, your daughter was also in the in the unknown gravel series with Shimano, right? Unknown country film. Oh, dude, she seems like she had it together with the support crew. She seems like she was holding it up. So yeah, she's definitely holding it down. She's good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, she's been around it since she's been since yeah. she was born, you know, and, that's awesome. Um, and that was one of the biggest things whenever my wife and I decided to, um, to get pregnant and, and have a, have a baby. We, you know, we wanted to make sure that she, we spotted her into our lifestyle and, you know, I don't know, I'd, I'd be hard pressed to find a different culture that's more inviting and more safe to bring a child up in and then cycling culture you know bike yeah. mountain biking specifically or, or now this like gravel scene is, is so um we're all family you know so um yeah. you know you go to a mountain bike race on the weekend and kids are just cruising around and you know they're they're safe and they're they're out partying and, and having yeah. fun so um i don't know if i was gonna, if i could choose like the the scene that i was br- brought up in that would be the one you know yeah for sure well it you creates know, confidence early on i think you know like with the mountain biking and like doing some of the drops and things like i mean dude there's 13 year olds like because I, I bought a mountain bike this year for leadville mm-hmm. i was going to do lead boat and yeah. i was like how hard can it be and you're yeah. th- that's when you start busting out laughing you're like yeah it's going to be that hard because i you yeah. know i'm in colorado i was like I've got great trails let's go give it a shot Dude, I'm busting it everywhere. And I'm like, thank God I have health insurance now. Like, but I'm watching, like, as I'm going down, like walking these rock drops, there's just like a 13 year old <laughs> straight down it. And I'm just like, okay, yep. Uh, ego's yeah. checked. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. It's pretty fun. Cause now, you know, my daughter races mountain bikes. There's a local series that's, that's happening here uh, this, this summer. And um, you know, so she's racing like this sport 11 to 14 year old um, girls race and like you know it's cross country so there's definitely and we're in the mountains so there's definitely a lot of climbing and you know she's like a lot of us she doesn't she doesn't want to she's looking for the path of least resistance you know but yeah um she doesn't necessarily want to push it uh on the climbs but she really loves the downhill you know sure. and she's got some really good technical skills so um whether she finds that on her own down the road and she wants to pursue a, a racing career that's going to be her choice but um i feel like my work is done like she loves her bike and she's yeah. got this skill set that's going to be with her forever like she could pick up a bike she could never she could set the bike down and not pick it up for 20 years and, and still have that that background of like, okay I can, yeah and that's you know like we feel the same way with skiing like i don't if she ski races she does some ski racing right now but if she was ski races great, but she knows how to ski. Like she can, yeah. 
you know, you, you see these kids that grow up in Colorado and they're like, you know, living here in Avon and, and you know, like we're, we've got two of the, the premier ski resorts in our backyard, you know, in North America. And, um, and they're, there's kids that grow up here that don't ski, you know, or you go yeah. ski with them and you're like, you've been skiing your entire life and you don't really know how to ski, you know? And, yeah. um, so I think it's like, it's, <laughs> it's like a disservice to, For to sure. teach your For kids sure. how to ski growing up here. And, and yeah. same with mountain biking, you know, like yeah. show these kids the outdoors, you know? Hey guys, sorry about the brief interruption, but just wanted to give a huge shout out to this week's sponsor of the podcast, and that is Beetroot Pro. I've been using Beetroot Pro for quite some time now, and honestly, it's the best beetroot powder that I've ever used. It shakes up super well, it doesn't leave a clumpy mess, and it doesn't taste like dirt. If you've ever been interested in trying beetroot powder, this is the product to try. And you can get 15% off now by using code BANCHATS at beetrootpro.com. Now let's get back to the episode. Yeah. Well, yeah. So, so like, so yeah, so now you're, you're kind of heading that route of, of training for some of these bigger ultra endurance events. And uh, so what's that kind of looked like, you know, just being put on hold with the whole COVID, especially as a coach, like, so kind of, kind of a two, two barreled question here is what's it look like for you as an athlete? And then what are you telling your athletes like in this time? Because me as a coach, um, I think this is the time, man. This is the perfect time that we can focus on some solid quality training. One thing that really irks me is when it's like, hey, you know, I don't have any events coming up, so I'm just not going to train. And it's like, well, it's not a math test. Like we can't, we can't just like pick up the book the night before study and go do it. Like if anything, we can raise the threshold and then you're 10% better in training next year. Because if there's no events, then there's really no need for a coach or job or bike at all, period. Right. You know, so, right. but they're going to come back eventually, hopefully, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. So what's, what's your kind of thoughts on that as a coach and as an athlete? Um, well, as a coach first, you know, I, I feel like it's, um, it is, it has been a bit of a challenge, you know, to, uh, because every athlete is coming to these uh, crossroads or these decisions at different times, you know, so um, whether it's, there's, you know, as cross season is now being pretty much all but canceled, um, you know, some athletes are just now like, oh, starting to realize that, yeah, we've been building all summer, hoping that cross season would be um, on online by then, but, um, but now it, that's not going to be a reality. So, so I have some athletes that are just now like coming out and saying, you know, I, I just don't know what we're, what we're trying to achieve here or, or how, how much do we want to keep the foot on the gas whenever we don't have something out in front of us, you know? Um, so yeah, I've had, I've kind of had these like, you know, talk people off the cliff moments, you know, yeah. at, at, and it just ebbs and flows, you know, and For with sure. each athlete, it's like, you get, you, you walk them through it and say, Hey, it's going to be okay. You know, racing's going to come back. Um, and like you said, you know, like there's, there's this opportunity here to, not have to do this kind of, you know, build micro taper, build taper, um, you know, throughout the season, we can just build, you know, we can just kind of keep this, um, this 90% fitness and keep pushing, pushing to, because I think it is for some reason, there is this mentality with athletes that there's um, it's, it's this season compared to last season. You know for what sure. I mean? It's never like, it's not this five-year plan or this five-year vision or like even a lifetime as an athlete of here's, you know, whether or not I was as strong as I was when I was, you know, 10 years ago, um, I still feel like I'm, I'm building fitness and building, um, you know, elements of my cycling that, and, and building on these stepping blocks, these stepping stones from, year after year after year, right? So yeah. you're able to pull from that fitness, you know, of 10 years of racing. Um, and, and, or for me at, at this point, you know, it's, it's more than, uh, you know, started running back in like, you know, 1994. So, um, you know, that's all those years, that kind of lifetime of aerobic fitness that you've been building, right? So yeah. there's a benefit to that. And when you're talking to someone that's, you know, an athlete that's 20 years old, they don't quite grasp that. Like, well, am I faster today than I was yesterday? And yeah. if it's not that 
that immediate gratification, then it's hard for them to, to see it. But um, so that's been, definitely been some interesting conversations that I've had with athletes. I definitely have had some athletes that are like, hey, I'm just going to take a break from the structure. And I think that's fine. Um, you know, of course, for me, I, I like to be involved. And I like to, to have a little bit more um, just I guess, visibility within the workouts, you know, like, Hey, I, I see what you're doing. We have some plan of like where we're going. So yeah. I always try to encourage them like, Hey, if you, if you want less structure, let's create less structure, but let's still have an overall plan of where we're headed with this fitness. Um, but you know, some people just want to take a break, you know? And I think yeah. that, like you said, that they're, they're, they're going to come back when races come back on those athletes are going to come back and look for structure. So um, as long as I've done a good job for them and, you know, been a good resource, then hopefully they come back to me and not a different coach, but you know, that's, that's just the world that we live in, you know, like, um, in, in this COVID time of everything being shut down, like my studio here in Avon, like we do personal training, like one-on-one -on -one personal training and, and bike fitting, you know? So like there were eight weeks there, but we couldn't do anything, you know, yeah. we couldn't do any in-person stuff. So um, luckily for me at that time, like the online coaching was still, was, was happening. And I could, I still had athletes there that I could work with. And, and we, you just get creative, you know, like you have to be flexible in your business if you're going to survive, whether it's, um, like economic downturn of 2008 that we had or something like this, which is, um, affecting maybe more people or people in a different way, but you have to be flexible and figure out like, all right, how am I going to stay relative and how am I going to stay, um, remain as, as a resource that people see a value in, you know? So um, are you doing bike fits again? Like, cause I know everybody, every like Colorado is kind of weird in different little pockets. Like for example, Leadville is like they're a lot tighter steamboats, a lot tighter yeah. Colorado Springs. We're, we're pretty red over here with Fort Carson and everything. So it's like, yeah, moment we were allowed to open. We were open baby. Um, so is, yeah. have you been back doing the bike fit game? <clears throat> yeah. So, um, you know, our situation is pretty unique. So everything's one-on-one, -on -one, like all of our personal training, um, uh, there's three trainers, myself and two other guys. So all of our personal training stuff is one-on-one. -on -one. Um, and it's not like it's a gym where you just have a membership and people are just popping in, you know, oh, yeah. so everything's by, everything's by appointment. So we were able to work together with all the trainers and, and, stagger our schedules to a point that we didn't have any overlap with other uh, athletes coming in. Um, so we were able to get back online pretty quick with that. And, and our space is big enough that, you know, we could have plenty of social distancing, even if it's just me and one other one client in there at a time. Um, and then with, but, but you're not touching, right? So yeah. that's the tricky part about bike fit is like, you're actually getting, you're, you're definitely within six feet, right? Like, and you're also having to, we use the retool uh, setup. So, um, so you're actually, you know, touching the rider and, and having to put the um, little sticky dots on and, and all of that. Um, so we waited a few weeks before we, uh, they called out a relaxed some of the, um, the protocols on, on, you know, how much, at least Eagle County relaxed some of their um, guidelines. So then we were able to op start doing bike fits again. And which yeah. was, which was crazy. Cause I was just, my phone was just like blowing up because people, so many people got bikes, you know, during this whole yeah. lockdown. It's like, I mean, you talk to any bike shop and, and they're sold out of everything. If it's less than three grand, like they don't have anything on the floor, you know? Um, so everybody wanted to get in for a bike fit, you know? And I was like, I can't, I can't do any fitting for, for a while. So, um, so I had a pretty good backlog of people that wanted to come in and, um, and now, I mean, it, it's great to see, you know, really like hopefully all these people, you, even if we retain a, a large percentage of folks that went and bought bikes during this, this, um, lockdown and, um, you know, it's just more people on bikes, you know, and hopefully the communities see the, the need for greater infrastructure and, um, less people, you know, more people commuting by bikes. I mean, I know that New York was like, you know, nobody's using the subway, right? Like yeah. everybody's on, everybody's commuting um, on a bike or, or walking or, or taking taxis. So, um, you know, it's like they, they see a greater need, you know, and that's hopefully that's just like the, the 
canary in the coal mine, you know, like, all right, if New York's seeing it, like that's the, the highest, like kind of beehive, um, example so hopefully that trickles down into communities like Colorado Springs and, and like where I live you know up here so like they, they see like oh people people need this infrastructure and more people will commute by bike if we just make it so it's you know more manageable for them more safe yeah more viable them. yeah for sure yeah so so what's it looking like for you as an athlete because I, I mean I've been following you for I mean honestly I've been following you since I mean I got into cycling you know, mm-hmm. I watched a lot of old school cycle cross, um, with, you know, Jeremy powers, even, um, dive way, way back into then when, you know, he was winning national titles. And, uh, so I, I, you know, I've been following you since then. So what's that like looking like for you as an athlete, you know, seeing that you're doing all these crazy bike packing adventures all throughout Colorado and mm-hmm. white rim and all kinds of other crazy things. What, what, what's kind of going on over there? right now yeah hey guys sorry for the interruption i just wanted to let you guys in on a little secret that i wish i knew about sooner and that is chamois butter with the current pandemic and everybody jumping on bikes you're probably wondering to yourself am i supposed to feel uncomfortable down there and then you decide to confide in somebody that you trust and that maybe even got you into cycling and they just say oh you'll get used to it well in reality it's actually an easy fix and you don't have to get used to pain and that is by using chamois butter. This product is something, again, that I wish I knew about sooner, and when I found out about it, it made my rides that much more enjoyable, along with allowing me to ride longer. So don't ride in discomfort and check out chamois butter today. Now let's get back to the episode. Well, so, um, you know, whenever they started canceling and postponing races, you know, for um, for this season, I was just watching it play out a little bit and just, you know, cause I was actually planning on doing, I know you went to mid South and I was planning on um, going down there and being at that race. And that was going to kind of kick off my season. Um, and then I made the kind of the last minute call to not go um, not because of like scares with COVID, but more um, it was kind of coming on, like coming online with that. Like it was getting bigger and I was like, oh, maybe that's not a good, a good look, but um, but we had just bought a house in Grand Junction. So um, kind of an investment property down there that we were going to use for, um, you know, doing some bike camps and stuff out of, and then for us to use personally uh, during the shoulder season, but then also to be able to, you know, do some short-term rentals out of, and um, hopefully just have friends and family go down and use it and, and take advantage of the, the riding in Grand Junction. But um, so I was like, well, we, we had a, a camp scheduled. We had a, like the next weekend after mid south we had some people that were planning on coming in we're going to do a, a three-day riding uh camp down there so I was like well, i need to i need to go get this house ready you know so that's why i decided not to go to mid south and then i was down there and that's whenever everything shut down so it's like well i'm just gonna stay down here you know my wife and daughter came down and we ended up it was a bit uh fortuitous i guess because we ended up um able to be be in that house and stay there and and kind of you know, learn the intricacies of it and all the ins and outs and, um, and learn the area a little bit more. Cause you know, we don't really know that area that well, but, um, so then, then watching the schedule, the race schedule, just the calendar just kind of slowly get more and more open, you know, yeah. um, it was one of those things that I was like, you know what, maybe it's just, uh, it's just a season where I don't race, you know? And, um, you know, I was talking with my wife about it and, you know, it was like since 2003 that my summer, our, our summers haven't been just completely um, dictated by summers and falls by, by a, a race calendar, you know? And so it was really kind of this sigh of relief to be like, Oh, okay. We, you know, best case scenario, I'll start racing in September, you know, like I don't really have to have anything that's on my calendar, you know, once, and, and, you know, things were shifting, things were moving from spring dates to fall dates. I was like, it's going to be nuts in the fall, like depending on, you know, what actually happens, but um, I'll just, you know, cross that bridge when I come to it and make, make those decisions. And f- like for me, where I am with my, my partnerships and sponsors and everything, it's like, they don't, they're not like heavy handed at all with like, Hey, we want you at this event. You need to be at this event. So I can kind of pick and choose. And as long as they, you know, 
it, it, we have this pretty I'm in a lucky spot to have this great relationship with with all my par- partners so you also um, have the years previous where it was like you know, you're at this event you're at this event like you I mean you're talking yeah you're talking about 2005 dude mm-hmm. like that's 15 years of yeah. just bike racing and I mean I've had many guests on this podcast many professionals many world champions and we've all sat down and we've had kind of the same like how many pros are kicking themselves for retiring this year when it's like, yeah, maybe they would have came back next year if they just would have had a year to just like kind of just chill out a little bit. Like just, yeah. Cause like I missed my honeymoon. I missed mm-hmm. like, you know, I mean the day after I got married, I was on a, you know, plane back to Colorado to get ready for Pan American championships. So it's like this whole, mm-hmm. whole thing, right. Where like all these things that you've missed and it's just been nice to just mm-hmm. go, Oh, I don't have to pack my bag. I don't have to live out of my suitcase. I can put this in my dresser, you know? Yeah. So um, yeah. I, I do wonder that, like how many people are just like kind of kicking themselves in the sense of like, yeah, how crazy would it have been yeah. just to ride my bike for a year? Right. Yeah. So, you know, for me, um, there's been some local races that I've turned back on here in, yeah. in our area. And that's like the series that my daughter's doing the mountain bike series stuff. And I, I've done that series, you know, uh, pretty consistently since, I mean, for, for 12 years, 15 years, you know, so, um, but they split the way they did it, they split it up. So like the beginners and the, the juniors race on Tuesday and then the pro, the, um, you know, expert pros and the sport riders race on Wednesday, um, to do give more space. And so, you know, if I'm going out and, and supporting my daughter on Tuesday to turn around and go back out on Wednesday, I'm like, you know, I'm okay. I don't, I don't need to go out and, and, you know, um, and flex any muscles. So I'm, I'm fine. Like, I'm just going to go and ride and, and do these other events. Like what you were saying about like yeah. the, the bikepacking stuff, you know, and that's something that I've been putting off a little bit. Um, you know, I, I go with this, with this group of guys, we go down to Patagonia, Arizona like south of Tucson the last three years, we've gone down there with the cyclist menu and, and done this gravel camp in late February. And um, so when we were down there, you know, we always kind of scheme on different stuff and like, Hey, what are we going to do? Let's, let's put something big together. And, but you know, everybody had plans this year. Like we went, we went on that, that trip because that was before everything got locked down. So, um, but, you know, people had Dirty Kansas, people had, you know, Rebecca's Private Idaho on the schedule. They had, um, you know, Steamboat or Leadville or both. And um, so, like, okay, well, for 2021, let's do this, this bikepacking trip. And we wanted to do the, the Colorado section of the, the Tour Divide route. Yeah. You know, just, um, you know, north to south through Colorado. And so it kind of dawned on us. We were, we were chatting, this, uh, the, the group of us. and in probably must've been June, like early June. And like, why don't we just do it now? Like, let's just get our act together. Let's just get our, our gear and we'll just do it in like six weeks. You know, we'll, we'll um, make sure everybody has the time to get their bike ready and their, their, their gear. And it ended up, there's about, there's supposed to be six of us that did it initially. And it ended up just being three of us, but um, for, for whatever family reasons or, or schedule reasons, whatever. But yeah. Um, but yeah, just doing that kind of stuff has just been, it's just been a nice break, you know? And then sure. to, to, with the family, just be like, Hey, do you guys want to go hike to 14 or this weekend? Or, you know, do you want to go um, and just camp or, or do something that's completely um, maybe out of our norm because there are no races to get ready for there. There isn't any travel happening, you know? So, um, you know, it's a little weird right now because this is, you know, cross season really would have kicked off like last weekend, you know, yeah. and the, on the national calendar. And, you know, this coming weekend would have been like the first UCI race of the season. And I'd usually be, um, you know, because when I stepped back from racing at the UCI level, I was helping out with the development team. Uh, I've been helping out with the development team that's uh, based out of Denver, the Alpha Bicycle team. So, um, and so we would be, I'd be going with them, you know, like, even though I'm not racing UCI race, I still travel with them and, and support them. So, um, so we would hit all the big UCI races in the world cups here in the U S. So, um, it's still a lot of travel, you know, and that's, what's allowed me to kind of still do my racing in the fall is like to be able to travel with them and I'll just support them during their elite races or their, uh, U23 race. And then, yeah. 
um, I'll race the single speed race, you know? So, um, so yeah, it's, it's a little strange, right? Cause I'm, I'm not doing like Wednesday night cross practice. I'm not, uh, I don't have any, any flights booked, you know, and, yeah. and travel booked for this, for the fall. So, um, it is a, a bit, it is for me, it's a bit of a relief, you know, like sure. I know there's, there's a lot of folks that are just like chomping at the bit and, and looking for that, um, that kind of carrot out there to chase and, and, um, and that's great. But, uh, for me, it, it's been, it's, it's a, it's a break that I've, I've been looking forward to, you know, so yeah, we'll see where it goes. Yeah, and, you know, I don't, and, and people listening to this, just so you know, he's probably not saying like, you know, COVID's been a relief for him, you know, cause it's been so easy. I mean, he has a business that had to shut down. It's a lot of hands on. So he's probably losing money, you know, losing athletes. Like it's not easy by any means, but definitely when it comes to racing, I guess on the athlete side is what I'm getting kind of the same for me. Just a time to kind of actually focus on your training, going race to race, to race, to race, to race, as fun as it is, the temptation of beer, the temptation of bad food, you know, bad sleep, you know, there's so many things that just kind of come into play when you're racing and traveling like that. So it's kind of nice to just kind of not have to worry about that and just ride your bike. So, yeah, like I, I thrive with the consistency, you know? So like yeah. for me, there's like that consistency, like you're saying in not eating, you know, out and not eating on the road and, uh, and, and, you know, just getting like, just shitty shitty nights of sleep because yeah. you're on the east coast and you got to be back because you know like you're on a flying 6 out at 3 a.m because it was, it was 20 bucks or whatever it was yeah you know right yeah so, I mean, oh let's get this 6 30 flight we'll be back yeah. in denver by nine so you're packing your bike. paper yeah you're packing your bike in the airport pretty much and i bet for cross man it's insane you guys are bringing like three bikes they're you know two of them are muddy you know you yeah. gotta pack them all up that's nuts so. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the benefits with this, you know, helping out with the Alpha Bikes team is that, you know, bikes stay on the trailer, right? Yeah. So they're they're cleaned and put away and they're on the trailer and, and I'm not worried about that. But even still, you know, like if you're staying at a hotel or at a host house and you're, you know, you book a flight for 630, you got to be at the airport at 530. And then, you know, oh, and we're staying 45 minutes away. So, you know, you're up at four just to even get to the airport, you know, and that's... Yeah. I mean, that's two o'clock AM Colorado time, you know? Yeah, it's <laughs> so brutal. It's brutal. Um, yeah. It really messes up your sleep and messes up your, your, you know, your circadian rhythms and stuff. And I think that's, that's something that for me has been just, like you said, it's not COVID by any means has not been easy. Right. Yeah. But, but because of the amount of stress that I think it adds, like with, with business and with, you know, I think everybody's just on eggshells, you know, like walking around and, you know, everybody's a little bit edgy and, and like, well, that guy's not wearing a mask. And, you know, like, um, you know, going to the grocery store, going to the post office, those little things that shouldn't be a stressor have become a little bit of a, you know, just a thorn in your side. And so whenever, for me, whenever the racing kind of, you take that off the table, like, oh, okay, I can just you know, concentrate on the immediate important things that are happening in my thing life. To worry about. Yeah. And, you know, not, and, and, you know, for me, and maybe this is um, a unique situation or, or it's just the way I'm kind of geared, but, you know, like I'm, I'm the current single speed national champion. So like, I feel a level of, of, um, I guess, pressure or just to honor that Jersey. Like, if the racing season was happening, I would want to be out there. I would want to be, yeah. you know, flying that flag and, and representing the Jersey. And, um, and that also puts a target on your back. Right. So you can't just, you know, for me, I wouldn't want to just show up at like 80% fitness, you know, I'd want to be firing well, and especially moving into nationals, like, um, you know, I'd want to be fit. I want to, I want to, if I'm going to race, I want to race at the top level as, as, you know, as, as far as what I can, what I can do, you know, with the time I have to work with. So, um yeah so you know somebody was asking the other day like well so does that mean you get to be the national champion again like for for next year like will you still be the reigning national champion i'm like i don't have any idea what's gonna happen yes yeah, so they, but they did send an email out and uh well i guess i don't know if it's for you, the cycle cross guys i don't know if they've canceled or what they, they haven't yet but for track 
yeah. technicality, I am a national champion again next year. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I don't really know what that looks like or what that feels like. I mean, it's kind of interesting. Worlds is happening for the road. They just announced that. So I have yeah. a feeling, I have a feeling that worlds will happen for cyclocross unless even if it, it has to stay the same at what we're at right now. I mean, who knows mm -hmm. next week at worlds, things could hit the fan. Cause it was like, yeah. it's like that with mid South, you know, you made a comment about how it wasn't really COVID the reason why you didn't go, but a lot of people, that was the reason, but I was at mid South, like the Tuesday of that week. And I think I got into, I got into Oklahoma the night before the president came on with that speech about mm -hmm. pretty much like, Hey, actually this is really bad <laughs> we kind of need to we, we need to figure it out and then 24 hours later it's like boom shutting everything down mm -hmm. you know that thursday and so we're doing a pre-ride wondering if mid-south is even going to happen mm -hmm. and then you know all of a sudden hand sanitizer became a crazy thing and that was yeah, yeah. and so like as the days progressed it just got a little more and more serious as we kind of went on and and so it was really hard to kind of see from the promoter side what he should do because i mean you've been, probably been to mid-south you probably know bobby um sure yep he uh he makes it like a month party it feels like like i mean it feels like people come from out of town like three weeks in advance and they just kind of hang out so there's been people there for weeks i mean yeah. showing up super early like vendors and all um and so it was really like the racers that were going to show up like that Thursday or that Friday that didn't show up. Um, but that being said, um, to kind of wrap it up, cause I don't want to keep you all morning. Um, I got two questions for you. First question, if you did go to Mid-South, would you now knowing what you know, would you have ridden a single speed or would you have gone full gears? And then the second question is, is kind of what's your nugget for, for just kind of anyone. I mean, it could be juniors just, anyone that's going through these tough times, like, you know, we've had these talks and we're sitting here lollygagging of like, cause we've raced some pretty cool races. We've been to some pretty cool places, but you know, some people, the coolest race they go to is that local mountain bike series that you get to take your daughter to on Tuesday. So what's your kind of advice for them to help them get through this kind of tough time. So let's start with the mid South one and then we'll end it with the, the last one. Yeah. Well, um, I was planning on racing single speed this year for, uh dk okay. um i was i didn't have a single speed built for mid-south so i was planning on racing gears um knowing now the the conditions that were there um you know and and that race has a bit of a history with with mud and you know it's oh like my God. You, i'm I mean, still the year I, out, dude. yeah i mean i got super lucky the years that i did it but um you know the the year before when I, uh, I think I went last year and the year before it was insane. It was mud and hypothermia and people were, you know, getting pulled off the course cause they were, you know, couldn't function. And, um, so, you know, for me, I, knowing now how that race turned out, I, yeah, I probably would have gone with the single speed. Yeah. Know, just I'm still shoes. kicking myself. I got an <laughs> offer to, uh, to ride a speed wagon single speed. Yeah. Wow. And I was like, no, nah, man, this is my first gravel race. And I, I had this new, I had this new sponsor that I was kind of talking to and it was, I was mm -hmm. decked out, looked great. It was riding great, riding smooth. After that, man, it was destroyed. Like I need a new bike, hundred yeah. percent needed a new frame, like bag frame. rub, yeah. the whole shebang. It was bad. Yeah. yeah. So I, I'm still kicking myself over it. Yeah, man. Anytime they get an opportunity to ride a vanilla is probably, uh, like i don't know if i'd pass on that <laughs> well yeah like i had just met the guys and you know we were over a beer and he was yeah. like dude i think i have a single speed in your size and i was just like oh man this would be awesome he's like all i yeah. ask is that you you know you you have to video the entire race and like i was feeling pretty good and like i was like you know i think i could stay with the front group on my first gravel race like first mm -hmm. gravel race and i did for the first mm -hmm. hour and then the real mud hit and i'm a big dude like I'm a big yeah. dude. So when mud hits and obviously I stop, that's a lot of weight we're stopping, man. <laughs> and yeah, so yeah. my bike probably weighed like I don't know, 50, 60 pounds. And wow. you know, then I'm 200 pounds. And yeah. so I'm just like, 
I had I had one of my best powers. I think our power I was four or three or something crazy. Wow. It was nuts. Yeah. Like and it like but it stopped for me real, real quick. And I, I my bike quit shifting by mile thirty or forty. And so at yeah. that point, I just wanted to finish. The last thing I wanted to do was start my first gravel race and not finish it because I was right. just like, oh, I could do this. But yeah people kept telling me I probably my first ever gravel race will be the hardest gravel race I've ever done. So, <laughs> yeah, it was great. But yeah. But yeah. So, so did you finish? I did finish. I did finish. I was 60th place. Hannah Finchamp wow. passed me like a chant, like dude, just, just, I yeah. mean, so fast. Um, and her bike probably weighed as much as she did. It was insane. Right. So like, I mean, the, just kind of the, the new respect I found, her gravel, cycle cross, anything dirt related was that yeah. weekend. I had a new respect for just the road itself. Like, it was just like, man, I don't understand how you exist. This is insane. Yeah. Cause it was just like peanut yeah. butter. Like it was oh, literally well, peanut butter. Yeah. I mean, I grew up in Arkansas and we had some of that red clay and then you don't, you don't mess with it. Cause it's when that stuff gets muddy or gets wet, it just, it just sticks to everything. So yeah i don't know if that was yeah there's a couple buddies of mine from up here that were gonna go and they were all kind of in the same boat like hey well it looks like it's gonna rain are you gonna go if it's gonna rain i'm like it's a good question man because it's because like you said it's gonna turn into a running race it's not gonna be who can ride their bike the best it's it's (laughs) who can keep their bike you know in in one piece there was people there there were people there that had driven like 15 16 hours like nope not doing it like yeah. Uh, yeah, I paid five hundred dollars to be here, but I'm about to pay six grand if I do this race because of my bike, right. whatever bike I have. You know, I'm gonna destroy them. Yeah. Like, how bad can it actually be? And I'm sitting here over yeah. here, like, can't be that bad. And these are the people that have actually done it. <laughs> who are like, I'm not gonna <laughs> no. do it. And I'm just like, yeah. And so it was awful, man. But yeah. So what's what's your nugget to you know anyone and everyone? that you know is going through kind of a tough time right now and and just kind of your advice i guess coach athlete whatever yeah well you know i had a conversation with a a client of mine last night and you know he's a a big uh up-and-coming cross racer out of uh kentucky area and you know he's he told me you know like the training that we've been doing you know we've been kind of like keeping it uh keeping that intensity in there um, because we're not sure what it's going to look like, you know, and, and now that we're, we, we've got a little bit more clarity, like it doesn't look like where there's any races happening, you know? And, um, and I said, you know, we, we can go a couple ways with this, but what I don't, what I'd hate to see happen is someone that has all this talent and this ability. And then one season like this, where you kind of, your goals get derailed you know, like to, to step away from the sport and then to, you know, get into other, um, you know, kind of life ex- um, experiences then, and, and not be able to maximize their, their potential on the bike, you know, but um, so, you know, what we've, and what he told me was, you know, we're doing some group rides. They've, they've got a good group ride structure there that keeps it safe and, and, uh, have you know they're they're doing a good job with that and um you know so he's like i'm doing these group rides i've been riding the moto some um i've been running a lot more and he's like i'm having more fun on the bike than i've than i've ever had you know and it's not and i think it goes back to what we were saying earlier it's like the pressure's off right like you don't have to live your life like you're in a pressure cooker you know you can you can just have some structure and know with peace of mind that you're, you're building for the future. You're still building structure. You're still building fitness. So, um, you know, it's stick with a program. It doesn't have to be, you know, like a, a four week or six week race block program, but stick with some structure, you know, and, and have some confidence in the long game and use the opportunity, right? Like we, we have this opportunity, we don't know how long it's going to be like we, we know for sure it's going to be through this season, but we don't know if race is going to return for next season or what, what it's going to look like. But, um, but it's really an opportunity to, for you to get clear on 
why you do what you do, you know, like, yeah. do you really love your bike? Do you love riding your bike? You know, and, and to be successful, um, at a professional level, really in anything, you know, you, you can fake it for a while, but if you don't love that, that activity, that sport, or even, you know, whatever it is, that, that job, if you don't, if you're, you know, on the, the trading floor in, in New York and, and you don't love that job, you're only going to do it for so long, you know? Yeah. So, um, and it, it's just that way in sports. Like, so, um, if, if you can get clear about why you do what you do and, and take the opportunity to set some long-term goals and use the bike, um, for what it's really designed for and to be this thing of, of you know, a, a joy generator, you know, like it, it helps you, um, it, it creates this chemical that, you know, you can, it brings you out of any, any kind of, um, you know, rut by going out and getting on your bike for an hour, you know, it just, um, it puts a smile on your face. So, um, so take the opportunity to, to like fall in love with the bike again, you know, yeah. and, um, and, and just have confidence that you're not losing everything you've worked so hard for. You know what I mean? Like you're going to be okay. It's, it, you're not going to just, um, you know, lose all your fitness and, and, you know, everybody's in the same boat, you know? So it's not like you're at home with an injury and your, your competition's out training, yeah. you know? So yeah. it's like, everybody's in the same boat. I mean, if you look at both well, I mean, Europe's a little bit different scenario because, you know, they're racing over there, but. Are they going to um, have a cross season? It seems like it. Yeah. I mean, it looks like they're, they're posturing as if they're going to. Um, yeah. But you know, and that's what's, that's, what's tricky. I mean, maybe, you know, what's happening with the, the track world, but you know, how do you, what do you do about UCI points? What do you do about call up and, and ranking? You know, it's like, if the whole, yeah. if all of America's shut down and you can't do any UCI races, you know, like, and then they have a UCI season in, in Belgium, you know, like how do you, um, I don't know. It's really important for you guys. I mean, yeah. like, every spot matters in the call up. Whereas like for us, really, we just need 250 points to say we can start a world cup. Mm -hmm. And so if you win nationals, I think that's 200 points, mm -hmm. uh, counts as a C2. So then you just need 50 more points. But usually if you win nationals, that gives you a chance to go to Pan American championships, go to Pan American mm -hmm. championships. If you get dead last, you still get 50 points. Um, mm -hmm. So in theory, you would go to a world cup, but hopefully you don't get dead last. Um, cause you probably shouldn't be going to world cup at that point. Um, but, um, but yeah, so you would get those points. Um, I don't necessarily know how that's going to roll over like into, cause if worlds are happening, mm -hmm. how do I can't score any points to go to worlds, but then again, right. it comes back to USA cycling. They're probably not going to send anybody to worlds because it's Olympic year. And like, I don't really know it, but it's, you know, you've heard rumors, we've heard it all. I don't think they're doing very well right now. And I don't think it's going very well right now. So if, especially if Who, there's no USAC, Olympic, USAC. Yeah. And oh, so, yeah, no, I, it's, I mean, you have to imagine that they're just, you know, that they're just hemorrhaging. Yeah. And so it's gotta be pretty tough. And then, um, I mean, I know Chloe Digert pretty well. And so for her, it was like, she came to Colorado Springs. She's been here for quite some time and they didn't know if worlds was going to happen. She was just training as if it was going to happen. And then we find out mm -hmm. this week that boom, it's in Italy. She's on a plane the next day to Italy. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's like, but the amount of work that probably had to go in to getting visas and getting exemptions and quarantine, right. Everything it's, it's nuts because now she's got worlds in three weeks. And so it's weird the mental switch that she probably had to have of just like not knowing. Cause that's, that's, I think the scary part for the athletes is the not knowing. And I think, yeah. I think you touched on something really yeah. well in the sense of like um, the last nugget essentially of, you know, taking all this talent and just kind of, yeah, taking the year off is not a bad thing, but it's where are you going to be a year from now? How's your mental capacity going to be when you're not even close to what you are now? You know, so yeah, you'll take that year off and you could come back faster, but you're going to have to work backwards to come back through it again. 
And so are you going to be prepared, like even right now to go take a fitness loss, take a little bit of gained weight or take, you know, a little bit of muscle loss and power loss and then come back and then work through that. And then boom, now you're there. That's going to take, who knows, could take three, four, five, six months to get back to where you're at today you know, and then now we're trying to get even past that. And that could take another year, year and a half, you know? And so are you ready for that? You know, especially being like, yeah, you don't know what you want to do. So, but yeah, man. Yeah. I I think there's a benefit to like men, like a mental, like knowing that there's no races, you can have some mental freshness. That's, that's really beneficial. Yeah. But, but like you said, like you don't want to, fitness is, is a user to lose it thing. Right. Yeah. So you, you don't want to lose all your gains. Right. Cause you do have to, um, why try Why work so hard to get it back whenever you've already got it, you know? For sure. Um, and that doesn't mean like hang on to every percent, but, um, but yeah, I think you're right. Like, um, uh, you know, trying to, trying to maintain some consistency and that's really all it takes. It's just maintain some consistency, keep a little bit of intensity sprinkled in there. You know, and I think that because there's no races, there's no reason to not just squash your legs, you know, like go do some, some other stuff that's like yeah. out of your, out of your wheelhouse, you know, like it's like some running or, or bring some, uh, strength work, some, you know, weight work back in the program or, um, you know, go and do some like massive rides, you know, like, yeah. We see it in the pros all the time, like in the, the youth pros, like when they get their chance to go to either action or, you know, any of the development programs. And then they, let's say they get cut, whether it's budget cuts, team folding or whatever, it's really hard for them not to be fit, but it's really hard for them to be focused because they don't have the same support. So they, right. they've gone backwards on that level of support. And so like, they're not getting the bikes for free. They're not getting the wheels free. They're not getting their bikes tuned up. And so it's hard for them to mentally check in. So if they can't even check in on that front, it's going to be really hard on the fitness front. Yeah. And, and I think, I think that's really something that you can take advantage of. It's like a use it or lose it kind of situation where it's like, mm-hmm. just ride <laughs> and just right. keep it there, you know, and just, right. Just and, and ride that. hopefully because you love it, you know, yeah, and yeah. not because it's, it's something a that job, you've just yeah. always done, you know? Yeah. And I think that this, so many of us get into this scenario where we like, you find something that you're good at. And so you continue to do it more and then you see that success and whether that's at like a junior level moving up through the ranks or you just kind of, you know, fall into it. But, um, but then you, you look 10 years later and you're like, do I actually love this? You know, yeah. do I actually even like riding my bike, you know, or, um, or whatever, whatever the sport is. But, you know, I think that's where, um, you know, I do, I'm a big proponent of, you know, um, mental work and uh, meditation and mindfulness training, you know, and I think that that's been one of the biggest things that has helped me personally, but then also just my clients, you know, through, through some of this stuff of like, yeah, I, I can create this emotional state no matter what, you know, yeah. whether I'm racing, whether I'm just riding my bike or whether I'm, you know, taking the day off and, you know, as opposed to, athletes that use the bike as medication you know what i mean so and i think that we it's pretty common to see like this addictive personality and and it's like and there's all those these great success stories like rich roll is a great success story of like hey you know i was an addict and i found triathlon right and like well yeah that's great that you found a healthier addiction you know what i mean but um but you also can't rely on the sport as your medication. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So you got to really um, dig into some of those uncomfortable spots to figure out like what makes me tick, you know, what is, what is it that um, if, if this went away tomorrow, you know, if, if you had an act, a crash or a, um, you know, some kind of injury and you couldn't ride your bike, even if it's for a, a, you know, six weeks or, or forever, you know, like, why do you do it? What does it provide for you? You know? So, um, so I think that that's something that I think is really helpful for, for athletes now during this kind of wonky time, because, 
um, that's going to help you on the bike, but it's also just going to help you in life. You know, like it's going to sure. help you be able to, to generate that state of, of, you know, passion or, or joy or, or whatever it is that you're hoping to find in life in general, you know, and not be in this place of, of anger or frustration or, um, you know, kind of a low red, low vibration state, you know yeah. what I mean? So, um, so yeah, I think, you know, there's definitely some opportunities here as an athlete, as a coach. Um, so, you know, I think looking at the world as an opportunity as opposed to, you know, a burden. Well, is me. Yeah. Yeah. So, For sure. no, Jake, well, I appreciate your time, man. I, I really do. And, and thank you for the insight and uh, I'll put a link to his coaching company in the description below. If you guys are in Avon or wherever in the world, give him a shout. Uh, as well as his social media. But other than that, guys, thank you for tuning in and uh, we'll see you next time. Cheers.